0: Hi, I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Corner here we talk to the movers and shakers the drinkers the dreamers the people who make it happen in the liquor industry around the world so let's get sipping I'm very privileged to have a friend and colleague in my virtual studio with me today. I know that so many of my listeners have been asking me where is she? What's happened to her? What's she doing? Why don't we see or hear from her? Do you still see her all of the above? And the answer is yes I do still see her. And I'm looking at her <laughs> right now and she's just as gorgeous and sensational as ever. Jenny Chris Williams, thank you for joining me on my Carrie's Corner.
1: Well, it's an absolute pleasure, and it was wonderful to wake up to um, a Carrie with two dogs on her bed. And, uh, I mean, you're like Winston Churchill. You, you do everything from bed up until 10 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And so it's the dogs, and it's the coffee, and it's everything.
0: But I'm here, and I'm absolutely delighted. Thank you. Well, I thought that I would phone you because I was lying in bed last night, sleepless. So I couldn't sleep. We've had some security issues at the place that I live in. And I now lie there thinking about what I'm going to say to the intruder when I wake up and find him looking at me next to my bed. Yes. So yes. that was one of the things that was worrying me. And while I was doing that, I was thinking about who I should be chatting to today because, as you know, I have a, um, an hours program, very privileged, on Fine Music Radio on a Friday evening on the Biz News Power Hour. And Alec Hogg, in all his glory, has all kinds of platforms, this YouTube thing being one of them, which I think we're busy going out on live as we speak, Jennifer. I'm not sure how all of this works, but it it is happening. And I thought to myself, it's Women's Month and it's Pinot Noir Week. And one of the special women in my life is Jennifer. (laughs) And we love Pin and Noir together, so why not you? So that's why you were singled out this morning from my bed, Jen.
1: Well, thank you very much indeed. And, uh, And I can tell you I am not in bed, but I am looking out on a clear blue Jo'burg sky. So if anybody is not in Johannesburg... We are just looking out on the remnants of winter, and trees are very bare, very stark, but the birds are flying, (laughs) and they're beginning to have sex, basically, (laughs) uh, everywhere. Birds are at it. So I go out into my garden with binoculars, and I can see them, and it is indecent and wonderful.
0: Fantastic. Did you celebrate Pinot Noir Day on Wednesday, or were you waiting to come and celebrate it with me this weekend?
1: Oh, I was waiting, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolute fibber, you know, nothing's changed. <laughs> Jennifer, I had a lovely, lovely interview with Catherine Marshall, whom we both know, and because she's a, a lady Pinot Noir maker, I thought it was quite a good thing to do, and I think that we're going to be drinking a Catherine Marshall Pinot Noir if you do grace me with your presence this weekend. If it wasn't Catherine Marshall's Pinot Noir, do you have any others that you would like to expand upon or tell us stories about or is there any special lover that you possibly had who fed you Pinot Noir out of his navel or what I mean is there anything special that you can tell us
1: yes I only allow stickies uh, in my navel yeah we've discussed that before actually I should have known exactly Mm. so so Pinot Noir no but um, I've written a little piece, and uh, and it's full of love for Pinot Noir. Mm. So I don't have a special one. I remember being with you at a tasting with the Hamilton Russells. Yes. And uh, and I mean their Pinot Noir is just extraordinary, mm. and uh, and it's fantastic. But I don't have any in you know in
0: my cupboards. Or whatever. Well, I have what to I tell, have. tell us. Yes. Mm.
1: No, I <laughs> I didn't drink at all during lockdown. Because I hate drinking on my own. I, mm. It's just like, it's like being defeatist somehow. Mm. A, a miserable person drinking I know, on and there's own. funny sort
0: of connotations attached to drinking on one's own. My mother always used to say, alcoholics drank alone. Yes. And we don't want my,
1: to be that. You know, my no, you don't want to be that. And I mean, my mother used to glad sherry come hell or high water. But somehow Sherry's okay, but but not wine and not spirits. Well, not not for me anyway. But I did have, when I started drinking again, when things began to lift a bit and two vaccinations down, <laughs> I had a bottle of de Wetzhoff Nature in Concert, the Pinot Noir oh, 2017. And, uh, and Emile Chabert, who we all love, mm. um, sent me a couple of bottles. And this is absolutely, it's ravishing. And it's like it's like, I've never drunk wet violets before, but, <laughs> but it just reminds me of, of wet violets and velvet and friendships and, and just the versatility of Pinot Noir where you can drink it anywhere at any time, yeah. with fish, without fish etc. So my adventures with Pinot Noir, I can tell you about a wonderful Pinot Noir lunch and, Tell us uh, But I've, I've forgotten the Pinot Noir
0: It <laughs> doesn't um, matter, make it up <laughs>
1: But I mean, I, I
0: let's, say it was, ha, let's say it was Paul Kluver's because we've already spoken about the Hamos who we know make lovely, lovely Pinot Noir. Paul Kluver makes delicious Pinot Noir as well. So let's pretend it was his and that's the lunch you're about to describe.
1: Well, the the lunch I was about to describe was with two publishers and it wasn't Paul Kluver, but it could have been. Mm. But um, Paul Kluver, I reserve for Christmas in Arniston. And um, and I drive and I collect the pinot noir and it's always chilled mm-hmm. because there's this ridiculous assumption that we have that if it's a red wine you can only drink it in winter and it can only be warm uh, to hot and, <laughs> and that's all there is to it. So so um, so the Devetsov thing is absolutely glorious. But we were at um, what is the restaurant in Cold Bay? Um,
0: the Brass Bell. Uh, no, it is not. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it is. It. <laughs> oh, the Harbour House.
1: Oh, it's Harbour House. Mm. And and we had a table in the window, and, uh, and spray kept going on us. And oh. I kept saying to them, you know, this is just, this is Africa, and it's wonderful, because one of them had come out from the U.K., and the other one was publishing the most wonderful books, and I couldn't choose between them. And um, so that was wonderful. And we sat there, and we just had the most glorious um, crayfish. It was just a platter of opulence that we had Mm. in front of us. And there was the smell of the sea. We were literally getting sprayed by the big waves. And we could have sat there for about 20 hours and we drank Pinot Noir and it was lightly chilled. And I cannot tell you, it's remained in my mind forever and ever and ever. It was one of the greatest. It's one of those
0: deliciousness in a bottle. I know it is. You know, the. Pin and I always said when, when I was busy doing all my exploratory stuff through the wine lands and the wine world of wine and studying it and what have you. And when we were little, there was a, there was a nursery rhyme, I think, that said there was a little girl who had a little curl right, right. in, the middle, right of her in the middle of
1: her forehead. And when she was and good, she, she was very good. good.
0: When she was bad, she was horrid. And I think that Pinot Noir is that little girl because you can taste some seriously horrid Pinot Noirs. And the home of Pinot Noir, of course, is Burgundy in France. And most of us mere mortals will probably never get to taste or partake of some of those unbelievable Domaine Romani Conti bottles because they're costing now in the region of about two hundred thousand rand a bottle on release. If you if you're lucky enough to get a if you're lucky enough to get an allocation, and they are perfectly extraordinary wines from perfectly extraordinary soils mm-hmm. and particularly talented winemakers who have been there for a million years, and every generation just adds another layer of mm. intellect and and personality and whatever to each thing that they put in that bottle. But so that's extraordinarily special. And just for your information, Jennifer, one day before we both die, which I, I hope is not going to be too soon, but I mean it's not that far away. I think we've got ten really nice summers left and I, I definitely don't intend spending those ten summers behind a mask. So we're going to take our masks off with Go Abandon at some stage and we are going to share one of my bottles of DRC. But that aside, there are a million other labels from Burgundy that are ghastly. They really are ghastly. South Africa, I think, is producing some of the most beautiful, inexpensive Pinot Noirs in the world. And I think that it started to happen when the winemakers stopped trying to be Burgundian. I think they just suddenly realized that we're not Burgundy, that we do have the capability of growing Pinot Noir grapes, and let's make South African Pinot Noir. And you were one of the first people a thousand years ago when you and I used to talk and giggle and be rude on 702 that said you thought Pinot Noir was the sexiest grape. I remember it clearly. You did say it is the sexiest grape, and it is.
1: Well, I I still think it's the sexiest grape because you could take it anywhere. It probably will misbehave, (laughs) but as long as you're kind to it (laughs) and the temperature's right and things like that, it is absolutely gorgeous. And, Mm. I mean, if if you've got seduction on mind, which both of us sometimes have.
0: Hmm. um, Most women should. Yes,
1: yes. You can seduce anybody with a decent bottle of Pinot Noir. So you must have drunk it before. I'm with you. And um, But I think, I think what is wonderful is exactly what you've been talking about. We can't make Burgundy because we're not Burgundy. Exactly. And so we have to make the grape and we've got to make it work mm. uh, here in South Africa. And I keep thinking about the Romans because <laughs> th- there are patches of land in Burgundy that actually – owe their provenance to to uh, to uh, to the Romans. Well, they are completely uh, Romanesque.
0: They, they've got they've yes. got those towers and things and, and columns and what have you is that all completely Romanesque.
1: Yes, and so um, and so they some of the vineyards are literally over two thousand years old, mm. and we don't have that here. But we've got soil that is remarkable. And yes. you're talking to Catherine Marshall. I mean, she's a witch. I mean, she's a witch, straight <laughs> wizard. Because she makes the most glorious wines, and she's so individual as I well. Know, and I know. And I think what a wonderful interview to have in women's.
0: Well, wine. you must go and have a look at the YouTube thing, because she told us about um, her adventures with her son. You know, she's also got a Jonathan. And her adventures with her son in Tibet and in the Himalayas and what have you. You must go and have a listen. Jen, I know that there's going to be a thousand people out there wanting to know what you are doing. What are you doing?
1: Well, when I left Seven O Two, I spent a year doing absolutely nothing, and then I just nearly went berserk with not doing anything. And I always thought I was going to write, and I was going to do this, and I was going to do that. And in the end, I was offered a job by a radio station in Joburg, and um, it, like Seven O Two, is Gauteng based, mm. and it was called uh, Kaya FM. It's just changed its name to nine five nine okay and um, and it had a totally different market to seven o two and I wanted to broaden what I was doing, so i 've just finished nearly four years with them wow, and it 's been really fascinating, really interesting it 's broadened my reading it 's mm. broadened my wine tasting it 's broadened all sorts of things, and I have just left them okay and i 'm working on a website i 'm doing quite a bit of writing. And I want to see where that goes because I'm going to do live interviews and all sorts of things that that I want to do. And, I mean, they're lovely, Carrie, they're such lovely stories. And uh, one of them that I thought, now I'm going to expand this, is Lee Berger. Have you ever met Lee Berger? I want to say yes. Remind well, me. he... he he is Potty. He is American. He's a paleontologist. Oh no, I haven't met. And yeah, he's... no,
0: no, I haven't met him. I know exactly. You interviewed him before on Seven O Two, and he's the. I have the cradle of humankind. What's a what's a? Am I right?
1: Correct, correct, correct. Mm. So mm. he's American, and and I think that his thesis was on ancient collarbones, <laughs> and uh, and and I'm thinking, really, really. <laughs> and And he makes you he makes you believe that you know ancient collarbones are really really sexy and <laughs> um and I went out with him to the cradle of humankind. I spent four hours with him, and I was so dazzled by everything that he showed me and talked about but he he posted something on Facebook, and this is the sort of thing that I just love repeating to to the lovely people who listen so so he goes down into uh, into where um some ancient homonyms are. And (laughs) when he advertised for people to come along and help him excavate, um, he asked for girls um, who are very slight. And who (laughs) can slip through little cracks and things. Exactly. So there could not be more than 32, you know. (laughs) and uh, and whatever and they got in and out with with he on the other hand is not a slim man he's not fat but he's not slim and he's got shoulders anyway he managed to get down to the floor which is impossible to reach and it's dark and it's musty and it's terrifying but their bones galore so he eventually (laughs) decided i'm just going to do it and so he did so he went down foot first and it's a long it's a long 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 thing that you've got to go down. It's like a long tube, except it's made of rock. And then he spent a wonderful morning there. He was chipping away at this bone and chipping away at that. Oh, there was a tooth and there was something else. And then he had to get out. Now, the problem is it's almost impossible to get out of because it's so tight. And so he got stuck. And he had two people below him, and they were trying to push Push. him up (laughs) and push him up. But they couldn't he was wedged solid, <laughs> and he would have joined the, the, the bones the bone He is a
0: homonym, yeah.
1: Like that. So, so eventually, I think he must have been getting just ever so slightly tense about yeah. it. And, uh, and he asked for help from the people up above who could hear him, but they couldn't even see him. So eventually, they lowered something, and, and he had to hold on to it and wind it around his arms and his <sighs> wrists, and they pulled him out. And at one stage... I think he thought that his arms were going to be pulled out of their sockets. But, I mean, it's all... Jennifer,
0: that is my idea of unadulterated terror and hell, is being trapped in a cave somewhere. Have you ever smelt inside those caves? I can't stand the smell. My nose governs my life, as you know. It smells ghastly down there. There's no light. There's no fresh air. And you are stuck, and your only way out is through a tunnel of rock that you know you can't fit through. I think I'd slit my yes. throat. I definitely well,
1: I, I, that's when you start panicking, isn't mm, it? Mm. And uh, so when he came up to the top and when he finally, shakily dropped a note to various people, <laughs> he just said, I will never go down there again. No. I'm just going to wait and see what is brought up. And, and you can actually see some of it on, on video as well. But I want to do things like that. And the lovely yes. people I know and meet... And the fantastic books I read. And I was going to say,
0: you still, I think I saw somewhere on Facebook or something. I'm not particularly good on any of that stuff. But I think I saw that you have got a Ken Follett evening or something coming up. Or is that an old post that I saw?
1: Oh, no, it's, it's, he's got a new book coming out. And so a little later, if the book is published on the 14th of November. So it won't be before the 14th of November. But has he got a story or two or three or four to tell? He is the he's most entertaining man. gorgeous, really I know. Is, Just such yes. a good
0: storyteller. And you're going yes. to interview him?
1: Yes, I am, yeah, but uh, but there are lots of other interviews before then. So I you know, Carrie, I think that both you and I we've had great careers, both of us mm. and uh, and they intersected at a certain stage and uh, and it's enriched my life and uh, and I've learned a lot from you. I really have learned a huge amount oh. from you. and uh, yeah, I, I think, learned how to, to be really
0: you... naughty and indecent on radio from you.
1: Yes, but I made sure you kept your
0: clothes on. I've always so, had my clothes um, on, so. and I've never actually been arrested or anything yet for it. So and, <laughs> and Biz News is brilliant because Alec Hogg gives us amazing license. And as long as we're not too irreverent and we're not too um, left of center, we, we're Carrie, actually... Carrie,
1: I, I don't think you can be too irreverent. I mean, a, a, an image flashed past me when you were talking about Alec Hogg and he is very generous and he's very clever mm. and he's a you know great success
0: yes. but i mean what wine would you drink out of alec hogg's navel? nothing cuz he doesn't drink a, he doesn't drink a drop i've got You're a boss you, you i've got a you boss are. who doesn't drink it's it's my <laughs> biggest frustration i'm going to try and I'm, I'm trying through his wife to convert him but he's he's not available for it he drinks Heineken triple zero it's very disappointing. Anyway, well, what can we say? Yeah, what can we say? He's a man and, you know, they're set up for failure and they're set up to disappoint women all over the place. So that's, that's <laughs> how it's got to be. Jennifer, it's almost spring. It's time to do Pinot Noir. You've got one Pinot Noir for us. You're not allowed to duck it. What Pinot Noir would you tell everybody to go and buy if they could choose your favourite Pinot Noir for the weekend?
1: Well... It's difficult to have favourites, mm. but I have to say this uh, Nature in Concert, that's the best of uh, Pinot Noir, it's it's picked up a couple of awards. It's a 2017, mm. and uh, it's it's around 500 grand a bottle. Yes. And I think that this was absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, they do everything naturally as well. I know. Um, and those boys on that estate. So I would recommend that. But I would also recommend um, Paul Kluverk. Because I associate it with Armiston, with sea, with the smell of salt, Christmas, um, family time when Mm. it's hot and you chill it down for about 20 minutes, maybe half an hour if it's incredibly hot. And I just, and and he's got a whole range of different pit. I was going to say he's a goodie
0: because you can get that village, well, I call it village, I think that other people call it villages, and it's a under 100 rand a bottle or around about there, and he goes right the way up to sort of super-duper uber-charged stuff that's about 1,100 rand a bottle, I think, for the Seven Flags, which is gorgeous. So, yeah, well, Paul Kluver's…
1: Like, whatever you think is going to go with, you know, crayfish and… Uh, prawns and strawberries strawberry, that you strawberry
0: puddings oh, and crepes and,
1: raspberries and yeah. things. I mean the wine smells of raspberries so I think he does a great job and also you can go along there they've got a little tasting area And you just say, listen, I don't know which one that I want to try. And they'll let you taste them all. And then you can go away with the one that that speaks most to you and the one that fits your budget. So we're going to do some
0: Paul Kluver on Jen's recommendation, guys. We're doing some Paul Kluver Pinot Noir. And we're not going to forget our darling Donnie DeVette, who sent her a beautiful bottle of Nature in Concert, which I agree with you. It's absolutely gorgeous wine. So any of those would do this weekend. So all the women in the world especially this one that I'm speaking to right now. Thank you, Jennifer. It's such a privilege to chat to you. Lovely to have chemistry on radio with you again. And we'll catch up soon.
1: Carrie Adams, thank you very much indeed for inviting me. It's been fun. Bye. Good.